Welcome aboard, everybody. Um, Nicola, you had a question about how are we going to resolve the problems with uh, COVID. And I think we need to discuss it in terms of uh, how sheriffs can help. But before I do that, I want to show you a couple of things. So if you go onto the commonlaw.earth website, facilitate COVID downloads, you'll see here way down about near the bottom, cease and desist letter threatening dismissal for not vaccinating. You can use this as a template to give to your boss. You've got to write it yourself, but you need to uh, download this and write it yourself. It should at least give your employer a reason to stop and think before he actually tries to force you to get vaccinated. Now, if we go over here to cirnow.com.au, there's an article here called 1946 referendum denied government power to medically test. And you need to know this as well. Now, basically, and I hear some people say that the State Health Act or whatever it is that they're imposing COVID restrictions with uh, overrides the Constitution. I'm sorry. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't at all. So the Constitution in Section 109 states that where a, a state act uh, does not conform to a federal act, the federal act prevails. Now, in 1946, the Australian people voted in a constitutional alteration referendum to amend the 1946 Social Services, Section 51, Subsection 23A. Now, the A means that it's been amended, and they included this, the provision of maternity allowances, widows' pensions, child endowment, unemployment, pharmaceutical, sickness and hospital benefits, medical and dental services in brackets, but not so as to authorise any form of civil conscription. And then benefits to students and family allowances. The, refer the referendum was carried. All six states recorded a yes vote. Nationally, 54.39% of electors voted yes. Therefore, that amendment was included in the, in the Constitution. More reasons why COVID restrictions are unconstitutional. 92, trade within the Commonwealth to be free. They can't close the borders. That is an act of treason. Transfer of certain departments. They can't do that. The Governor-General is a Crown-appointed servant. He cannot serve the, the Parliament. And 116, Commonwealth not to legislate in respect of religion. And we cannot be forced to do anything against our religious beliefs. 117, rights of the residents in states. The subject of the Queen, resident in any state, shall not be subject in any other state to any disability or discrimination, would, which would not be equally applicable to him if he were a subject of the Queen, resident in such other state. So in other words, if you get uh, locked down in Queensland and then you go to South Australia and you're out there walking around during their lockdown, you, you can't be charged for the one in Queensland. Or if there's not one in Queensland and you go to South Australia and they lock you down and you go out, you can't be charged. You do not have to consent. So download the PDF down below and print it out and carry it with you at all times. They cannot force you because forcing you is a form of rape and it is a crime and they can be convicted and sent to court.
Okay. How do we get them into court? Well, we're finding that the um, the standard courts of their, their government are not in our favour, um, but we do still have the power of a common law court. Now, we have a lot of people ask, can we get the police to help us enact a, uh, a, a, an arrest or anything else? And the fact is, yes, we can. Listen to this. The Law Enforcement Powers and Responsibilities Act 2002, Section 4 states that under common law, the police have an obligation to act on a common law court indictment. In other words, if a common law court uh, convicts somebody, then the police must act on that conviction and carry out the sentence. Kaboom. We have the law on our side. They don't. So once you understand that, all you do is you stand up for your rights and refuse to bow down and tell them that if they do start trying to cause you to uh, inflict harm on yourself, you will take them to court and you will win. Once you become a sheriff, and then you can um, deputise any policeman to, um, to carry out the, the orders of the court. So you, can't, you can't order a, sheriff, a policeman around, but the court can. Tonight, I'm going to read you a bit about establishing and maintaining common law courts. So the common law's first principles establish its general legitimacy and, lawless and lawfulness. This valid system gives rise to courts with the power to protect the people as a whole by prosecuting and indicting any persons and institutions that threaten the community. Well, I think we're under threat from the people who call themselves our government, aren't we? The mandate, there's that word again, the mandate to establish such courts is derived from the sovereignty of the people as a whole and not from any particular system or government. Common law courts are therefore universal, not constricted by customary borders or, or laws, and are jurisdictionally competent to adjudicate any issue or grievance. What it means is that if we try Dan Andrews up here in, in Queensland, it's the same as if we tried him in Victoria. There is no jurisdiction border. We can try anybody from anywhere in a common law court. And that's why uh, Kevin Annette was able to get a conviction on the Pope in the International Common Law Court of Justice. He was based in Brussels, but the court had the authority and the jurisdiction to try the Pope in the Vatican, and it worked. So enjoying universal jurisdiction because of its rootedness in the natural law, common law courts can be established in any country or community, and in fact, anywhere. If we can't get a hall to hold the court, we'll do it in a public park or a private property. We don't care. It's up to us to make that decision. And not only within nations with a specifically common law legal tradition, such as England, Canada, and America. If you're living in Poland, you can establish a common law court. There are no restrictions on location. Common law courts are established when any number of men and women come together to judge a matter of concern to them and to their community. Thus, such courts are invariably and naturally linked to political movements, town hall gatherings, and tribunals of conscience. 
that unite citizens and give direct voice to their concerns and demands. The court, the court is thereby the expression of that voice. In other words, when we convene a court, it is the voice of the people, authorised by the people, backed by the people, and it's us that give it the authority. Additionally, common law courts are established when any number of men and women come together to judge a matter of concern to them and to their community. Thus, such courts are invariably and naturally linked to political movements, town hall gatherings and tribunals of conscience that unite citizens and give direct voice to their concerns and demands. The court is thereby the expression of that voice. The court itself is established by the direct will and vote of the people as a whole, who elect a citizen jury of at least 12 people, a citizen prosecutor to conduct the case on behalf of the people, a presiding adjudicator whose job is strictly advisory, and a sheriff and a group of peace officers to enforce the summonses, warrants, and verdicts of the court. Okay, so how many jurors do we need for a common law court? 12. A minimum of 12. You can have 25 jurors if you want. It's up to the court. It's up to the will of the people. If the will of the people think that a case merits 25 people to sit in judgment, that's what they get. But 12 is probably a more manageable number. Does the verdict have to be 100% unanimous? Yes. It certainly does. If there's even one juror who says, oh, I think he might be innocent, then he goes free and the case is dismissed. Why? You have to be 100% found guilty, don't you? Otherwise, yeah. if there's a bit of doubt in there, then they can't really say you're guilty. At all, does it? They use that That's in the court correct. here now. That's correct, because a, a verdict is based on the evidence presented in honour and truth by both sides. So if one of them is lying, at the end of the day, somebody is probably going to pick up on it and there will be no conviction. So you have to be very careful that people are honourable and truthful. And of course, we can't always pick them, but that's what jury selection is all about. And if you're a smart uh, selector, uh, you will choose people with a good set of questions. Now, who does the jury selection? The sheriff does it. No. No? No. The convener? No. The, Who's the, table? the court person, whatever they're called. The people. Adjudicator. No. <laughs> Give up, I'll tell you. The person the, the, being charged. The person being charged and the person making the charge. What do we call those? The defendant. And? The prosecutor. Right. So the prosecutor can be the person bringing the case. And normally in a common law court, that is the way. But a prosecutor may also be there as an independent uh, prosecutor. So it depends on the, on the situation. Additionally, the community may appoint local magistrates versed in the law known as justices of the peace, JPs, who traditionally have the power to summon juries and issue warrants. The JP may also initiate the formation of a common law court. So, if you know a JP, it's always a good connection because if you want to take someone to court, the JP is duty-bound to help you, okay? But they, they can't be biased in any, in any way. They have to be impartial. That's correct. They must have no connection to the, uh, the plaintiff or the defendant. Okay. 
and nothing to do with the case. All of the participants in a common law court must present their own case in all of the court proceedings, since to allow another to represent them would constitute a surrender of their natural rights and sovereignty. Now, this is what I've been talking about with regards to voting. It's the same thing. When you vote, you give your power away to a politician. We don't trust politicians anyway. Why would you give them your power? Stop voting for them. That's the only way we're going to get rid of these people. Mm. Yes, what about Ricardo? Ricardo is probably not going to register his party. He's in full support of common law. And I'm liking the guy more and more every day. I'm glad I bought him a beer last year. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I, I heard him talk yesterday. He, he said that it doesn't matter if he doesn't register it. That's right. It no, makes no not, difference. It makes no difference because he's not actually going to run anybody for the, the parliament. He knows if he did, it would be treason. Um, I'm actually putting him in touch now with my um, lawyer who wants to give him some uh, legal information that he may be able to use. So, you know, those who are getting out there in front and, and doing what we do are getting an enormous amount of support. Don't think we're doing this on our own. It's because of people like you, because of lawyers who come forward and, and want to support us, that we can do what we do. So thank you all very much for that. And by the way, any of you watching, we need money for the national team. We've spent all our money on different things that um, uh, various uh, assemblies asked us for. We've supported buying uh, a marquee for two, two assemblies so far, possibly three coming up. So the, the expenses are massive. And so if you can donate anything at all, doesn't matter if it's $2 or $100, everything is very much appreciated and it just allows us to continue. And now a word from our sponsor who helps keep these podcasts going. If you're enjoying the Bloody Aussie Battler podcast, please consider donating to help keep us going. You can donate just once or make it a monthly donation. Any amount is welcome. To donate, go to our website at www.thebloodyaussiebattler.com and click on Donate. But the only way we're going to get rid of this system is for us to stop supporting it in any way, shape or form. If they send you a form, a fine, elect to go to their court. If it's about COVID, they can't do anything. There is no law. If they want you to vote, refuse to do so. If they tell you you can't walk on the grass, go do a bloody dance on the grass. In other words, don't obey them anymore. By giving them that power, you take away yours. Why would you do that? All right. So, Mike, just with that, with the fines, mate, uh a speeding fine, for example, just don't pay it. That's right. But send the letter. I mean, don't just ignore it. You've got to use the letter system. You've got to keep writing yeah. letters. And when they get to the stage where they say they're going to put it into the, um, the state collection agency, you have two choices. You can say, okay, well, in that case, I want to go to court. Or they will try and take you to court. Or the other thing you can do is you can say, Okay, I'll pay the fine because sometimes just paying the fine to get it out of the way is more expedient and gives you more time to fight them on other fronts. 
choose your battles wisely. Okay. There's no need to go against everything. They might want to take your car these days as well, though. Well, that's the thing. So what you do is you preempt that by saying, okay, I'll pay the fine. Mm. Yeah, they they do back down. I've had a friend who took it to the point where they did cancel his license and he kept writing, he wrote, just wrote them another letter. Here's my bill because what you're doing is illegal. All right. So there are accordingly no professional lawyers or permanent presiding judges in a common law court system. So we elect the people, we elect the um, the adjudicator, we elect the uh, the judges, sorry, the um, the bailiffs and the sheriffs. They're all elected by the community, okay? And there's nobody on the permanent payroll except the sheriffs later on, of course. There is no restriction on the power of a common law court to access any person, place or thing nor any limitation on the duration or rights of the court. Now, what this means is when we convene the court, we can put a a demand in anybody's letterbox and summon them to serve on the jury, and they have to do it. If they don't, they're obstructing justice, and that's a serious crime. So they, they, they need to turn up to do their jury duty. The court and its magistrate can issue public summonses that are binding on any person or institution and enforceable by the court sheriff, who has an unrestricted right to detain any person named in the summons and bring them into court. The final verdict of the common law court jury is final and not subject to appeal, simply because a reasonable and and non-coerced group of citizens can come to the truth of any matter on the basis of the evidence alone, possessed as they are of an inherent knowledge of right and wrong. The truth is not mutable. A defendant is either innocent or guilty. The truth is not subject to revision or reconsideration, since it then is not true. Could we have a retrial on anything, on a case that's already finished? Yes, we can. You can. Yes, but only if you find additional um, evidence that you can bring to the court. You can't bring the same case to the court. It must be new evidence, okay? However, if it can be proven beyond any doubt that the court's verdict was made unlawfully, was unduly influenced, or occurred on the basis of incomplete or faulty evidence, a common law magistrate can reopen and retry the case with the normal jury and court officers but not the same jury and court officers. It's usually always different. In the same way, the sentence of the court is also final and is enforced not only by the court sheriff, but by all citizens. For the common law arises from and is the direct responsibility of all people, as are all of its proceedings. The verdict really is a declaration of the people that they will govern themselves according to their own democratic law and decisions. So a common law court gives us a voice in the law as well as giving us justice. There is no restriction on the power of a citizen jury to impose a sentence on any person, group or institution. The court adjudicator or magistrate has no power to alter influence or direct the original verdict or sentence of the jury. All their job is simply to advise the jury on legal procedures and points of law. They cannot suggest to the jury how much the the verdict should be. 
Upon issuing its final verdict and sentence, the common law court jury is automatically concluded and its members are released from their duty. No court is maintained without the conscious consent and participation of the people themselves. Again, there is no professional permanent cast of either lawyers or judges in a common law court system, but rather we have elected and temporary court officers. Right, so let's open up things for discussion. Tom, how are you doing, mate? Um, yeah, mate, I uh, got terminated last week from uh, work and got a contact uh, from Brad there. I got Annie from Human Rights Advocates, um, issued them with their, I guess, their papers and basically put, put them on, uh, stood them up and said, you know, if you continue with this, you know, you're breaking the law and blah, blah, blah. So, um, yeah, they essentially, after 10 years, they said they were going to, oh, we'll look after you, mate, blah, blah, blah. And that came in the form of uh, a gag order with an $18,500 payout before tax. So, you know, take home would have been like 11, 11 grand or something, 12000 um, which was just enough to get me through to um, Xmas Day. So I basically politely told them to, you know, go stick it. And, um, yeah, so I'm just following that process now. I've got to hopefully speak with the lawyer that Annie's providing tomorrow to take him to the Fair Work Commission and submit that. And um, and just, you know, fingers crossed, see how we go there. Maybe a long shot, but um, I'd rather do that than, you know, um, you know, eat their shit and smile, essentially. Good on you. Good on you, Tom. Very good. Absolutely. Don't eat yeah. their shit. <laughs> yeah. Feed them shit. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I'm just following up with that, mate. But, yeah, I've kicked off my business uh, last week. Um, yeah, so I'm getting quite a bit of work coming in and just going mm-hmm. through the paces, mate. But so we, I'll, be, I'll lean on my feet. Um, so good. Sorry, Brad, you're eating dinner. <laughs> anyway, look, mate, I'm glad you're, you're, you're uh, bouncing back. And this is it. What they're actually doing is they're pushing us outside their system and we are find- <clears throat> we're finding new avenues mm. to live outside their system. So they're really, they're really shooting themselves in the foot. And good yeah. luck to them. I say, yeah. good luck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I was watching the case today in New South Wales, a Brad Hazard case, and um, it was interesting right at the end. Like, you might get lucky that, that there might be some judgment in our favour, but um, at the end it was interesting. One of the lawyer was just said, look, if you don't think the this mandate is civil conscription then i don't know what we can do like let's like if you decide and so he really got frustrated at the end it was interesting to see that and he really pushed that point at the end so we'll see what the judgment is oh i can't remember which what what name he was he was the older older guy was uh, one of the lies in the brad has a case anyway yeah all right yeah very good see this is it once you start challenging them Hmm. they don't know what to do yeah. They, they, because they've been so used to getting their own way. When we stand up there with knowledge and truth in our hearts, what the heck are they going to do? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, Mike, how did, you go, how did you go with the um, Sunshine Coast sea letter that you gave that doctor? Which one was During that? The week. Oh, last week when they were doing that injection place. Oh, yeah. No, that was the actual the, um, the COVID. Uh, bylaw. That was the business pack we handed them. 
Right, yeah. She didn't want it, did she? <laughs> uh, she didn't want it, but she got it anyway. I'll show you where it is. We're back here on downloads, COVID downloads. Just scroll down here a bit, and there is the Sunshine Coast Common Law Bylaw. Now, if you want to, if you're running a web uh, an assembly, this is the template. Okay, so you can just download this in in Word doc format, edit it for yourself, use this as an idea, and then write your own for your assembly and region. Okay. So we, we served the police with one and we served the, the jabbing station with one. The oh. police didn't want to know, but they weren't going to stop us. The jabbing so the station didn't want to know. Hey? The, the police took it and read it and they were fine? Well, we, we left it with one of the guys at the station. Oh. And I'm pretty sure the sergeant would have read it. He was quite congenial and, and nice to us. So... Oh. You know, I think there's a lot of police who are actually secretly glad that we're doing what we're doing. Yeah, so, last, last weekend at the rally, there was um, cops walking with us. Yeah. My friend turned around and said, what are you guys doing? They said, we're, we're walking with you. Put, and then they said, put it this way, we didn't want to take it. We didn't want to get it. So they were actually walking with us. They weren't doing well on the outside. They were actually walking with us. Well, that's it. And, and, you know, as I keep telling people, our police are our brothers and sisters, our fathers, mm. um, you know, they're part of us. They're not the enemy. The enemy yeah. is those bloody politicians. Mm.